It's episode 99 of Dive in the Podcast with special guest Pete Mesley. Dive in the Podcast is a weekly all about diving podcast for everyone. Whether you explore the oceans as a snorkeler, scuba diver, freediver, or tech diver, Dive In has something for you. The show is filled with diving news, feature interviews with guests from around the world, interesting dive topics, and ocean advocacy. Visit DiveInPod.com to find out about the show, past guests, and our Patreon. Hi everyone, I'm Nick. I'm April, and uh, I guess we're the only hosts of Dive in the Podcast this week. Yeah, uh, I believe uh, Amit is stuck in the great perpetual motion of work, and uh, Justin has some family commitments. He's uh, celebrating big, big fifth birthday for his son this week. Yeah, we can't uh, we can't want Justin too much for that. Uh, that's a big, <laughs> no. big, big family milestone. We would not be very nice if we kept him away from that. <laughs> Before we start on today's episode, we'd like to thank you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in every week. Your support encourages us to keep going and make a bigger and better podcast. So, Nick, I missed last week, but how was the episode with Stefan? Uh, you know, it was awesome. It was just Amit and I and Stefan and, uh, you know, us three Caribbean boys talking about uh, diving in the Caribbean. <laughs> um, so that was kind of special for us. But, uh, you know, beyond that, it's, um, it's somebody I followed on social media for, for a couple of years now. And uh, I wasn't sure, you know, whether he spoke English fluently uh, because we none of us speak enough French here together to host the podcast. So I was a little <laughs> hesitant about reaching out and uh, turns out, you know, he's, he's a great English speaker as well as his native French. And it was kind of cool to just, it's another, uh, you know, freediver that has intersected photography and freediving together, but also somebody from one of the French Caribbean islands, which, which we've never spoken to. And he's, he's had some unique experiences. So it was kind of cool to, to get a glimpse of, of that world. Nice. Yeah, I'm almost glad I didn't interrupt the three Caribbean boys just, you know, broing out last week, I guess. It's it's more the merrier, <laughs> April. And honestly, if we can share, yeah. share that Caribbean love with everybody else, that's just as good. Ah, oh, there you go. I need to get to the Caribbean. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Or maybe I need somewhere of a mitz, uh, roti and coke or something to uh, feel a little more. You are going to the Bahamas, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Like two weeks from today. That does count as a Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Tonight we're speaking to Pete Mesley. Pete Mesley is an explorer, expert wreck and technical diver, CCR instructor and paddy course director with over 3,000 hours of in-water diving experience. He's based in New Zealand and has been the first to dive a number of its wrecks. Pete is also an accomplished underwater photographer and videographer who has led diving expeditions to some of the most iconic dive destinations around the world. Welcome to the podcast, Pete. Thanks for joining us. Oh, I really appreciate uh, the invite, and uh, yeah, man, doing absolutely perfectly well. You know, we're a beautiful sunny day in uh, in Auckland, New Zealand here, and uh, and um, I, I believe you guys are burning some midnight oil to uh, to make this time available for me. So uh, I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, well, we appreciate it having you on here um, for sure. It's it's amazing that we can connect to somebody halfway around the world and make the, make all this work. So that's beautiful. So we'll we'll officially start your interview in a moment uh, here, Pete. But uh, we've got a little bit of news segment. Have you ever um, dived the the Great Lakes? Oh yeah, I've I've had the opportunity to dive the Great Lakes quite a few times now, and it's uh, probably, in my opinion some of the most undiscovered diving on the planet and um i just can't wait to get back there so what what have you uh what sort of news have you got in, in store there uh well i dug up um this article titled that uh, freeport uh, scuba shop owners in pennsylvania i believe have produced a documentary about the cedar uh cedarville freighter shipwreck which has been one of the worst great lakes maritime tragedies um and the the sorry, the documentary is a 15-minute film that's free to watch on YouTube, so we'll throw in a link in our show notes here. And it was sold out uh, when they aired it um, a couple of days ago, actually, um, in the Buffalo Township. And the the owner, um, the, one of the co-owners, Jennifer Dillman, led a dive team and produced a documentary through a foundation. And uh, yeah, they, they got people on the rack and got some footage and put a, a lovely documentary together. So I think that'll give people a chance to sort of um, see the wrecks, you know, from afar if they can't travel to the Great Lakes or maybe inspire people to, to take up wreck diving in the Great Lakes. So we'll be sure to, to share that in, in the show notes. I don't know, do you know anything about the wreck yourself? Uh, that's up in uh, the Straits, isn't it? Uh, in Mackinac? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Great. man. I've yep. uh, had the, uh, the the privilege of diving uh, the Cedarville and, and uh, she's uh, pretty much almost turned turtle and, and uh just just swimming around the bow section, and you got the the wheelhouse just coming up off the off the bottom of the of the uh, of the lake. There is just a, a sight to behold. So uh, I can't wait to get back there and start uh, taking some more pictures of that fantastic wreck. So I, I can't wait to watch the the, the doco. So so um, I'll be uh, the first yeah. first one to watch it uh, when we finish here. All right, I'll, I'll make sure I'll send you the link um, if I don't uh, fall asleep before, before then. Yeah, um, so, so that's it for today's news. It's time to dive in with Pete Mesley. So where are you originally from, Pete? As you can tell by the accent, um, I'm not exactly uh, a, a New Zealander. I've, I've been in New Zealand for the last uh, 26 years, but uh, I'm formerly uh, oh, born and bred in uh, Zimbabwe. So, um Oh. Yeah, so I wonder how many Zimbabweans you've ever met. <laughs> Not many, I would gather. I think Probably you're my first. <laughs> first yeah. Lucky first. I think. <laughs> and you yeah, never met. forget your first. That's what they always say. So, you know. That's you, right. You're That's my... Right. There you go. I can say I'm, you're probably the first Zimbabwean that we, we've had on the podcast. So that's awesome. What What was your first memory of the water? Well, um, as a kid... Um, I always had a, 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 a massive love for the water. And, and um, when I started to grow up, I started thinking, like, okay, I wanted to be a marine biologist and uh, because of my love for the water. But I didn't actually quite know what process and how to get there. And um, as soon as I hit senior school, I realized that I, I needed my, my A-levels. And I, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm too stupid <laughs> to, get, to, to get my A-levels. So I, I, I kind of promptly... Uh, stopped the idea of of becoming a marine biologist and it wasn't until uh, uh, a number of years later when I left school and I was living in London where um, I had a mate of mine who was um, staying with me at the time and and he was walking out the door and I said, "Uh, where are you going? And he says, I've just enrolled in a dive course and this is uh, 19 years old, you know, so uh, and um, 
And I said, oh, how come you didn't tell me? He says, well, I'm telling you now. You know, so I said, look, do you mind if I, if I tag along? And uh, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, sweet, no, no worries. So, so I ended up um, tagging along to, um, to their first pool session um, in, 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 in South, South London somewhere. And, uh, and I walked up to the diving instructor there and I said, hey, any chance of giving me a shot of uh, this diving lock, you know? And he goes, look, I'm a little bit busy, but my dive master uh, will take you in the water and, and, and um, show you around. So it ended up, um, the, the, the dive master is a, name, a, a guy called uh, Lance Jones. And, um, and uh, Lance is he's, he's a very prominent uh, member of the diving uh, community. Um, in, um, uh, it lives in England, owns a number of dive st- stores and all the rest of it. So, so he's the first guy that put me in the water. And, and I got out the water and I, I went, um, this, is, this is definitely for me. This is what I want to do. And I, uh, I walked up to the instructor and I said, look, um, what process do I need to go through? I want to become a diving instructor. Um, what do I do? And then from there, it just, it just you know, it, it's led me to where I am today. So before your roommate was like, I'm going diving, uh, and you decided to come along, was that the first time you were really interested in scuba diving? It was a spontaneous thing, or had you thought about it before? Oh, my goodness. Um, There wasn't a day gone by when I wasn't thinking about it, but I didn't actually know the mechanism. I didn't didn't know how and which way to go about um, getting into into the diving world. And uh, so uh, I knew that I had a love of the water, um, I knew that I was too stupid to be a marine biologist, so that kind of like closed <laughs> that door away. <laughs> so, so I just, you know, um, it was, it was, it was a bit of fate there too, you know, a bit of luck, and um, and um, I'm not sure. Like, I, I obviously would have eventually uh, tried to figure it out, but it was just that, that exact point in time where where my mate um, had enrolled in the course, and um, which led me to. Uh, to pursue a career in diving, you know. Opportunity presented itself, so you took it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah it was, and uh, it was quite funny because um, um, my, my 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 long pain suffering wife uh, of uh, over thirty years. Um, well, I met her around about the same sort of time, and um, and the poor girl, you know, like a, 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 she, she's a Kiwi girl. That's why I'm living in New Zealand, you know. And, and she brought me here kicking and screaming and. Uh, in 94 and, and I haven't turned my back since it's a wonderful part of the world but anyway so uh, so Kim um, I, I said to her I said look listen man um, I'm going to be diving every single weekend so um, I, you know I'm going to be making a career out of this if you want to see me you better learn to dive and so she kind of she kind of got into it um, you know not by choice but she ended up um, you know she's a great little diver and, and uh, she ended up actually enjoying it which is which is great you know that's absolutely awesome. So, so how did you spend your first few years diving? That was in the UK, right? Yeah. So, so I was living in London, and, and um, uh, to help pay for this uh, this uh, very expensive uh, habit, I think it would probably be cheaper to to have some drug addiction than <laughs> than, <laughs> than have the diving habit, as we as we all know, you know. And uh, and um, so I was, I was um, just building up some diving experience in in, 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 in England and, and all around there, up up north, Scapa Flow and down Cornwall, Exeter, um, Port Bovisand, Plymouth, all, all all the diving areas around there. And then um, and then I ended up um, spending about eight to nine months in the Red Sea. 
and that's where I um, sort of like, uh, you know, we, we were camped. And, and this is this is back in the day where Dahab um, was a Bedouin village, you know, and, and uh, we ended up staying in a tent um, on the beach about 10 metres away from the water uh, in a place called the Canyon, and um, just a little bit north of Dahab, and, and uh, that's where the famous Blue Hole is and, and, uh, and the Canyon. And we, we lived in a tent um, <laughs> for, for, for a number of months there and, and um, had the time of our lives, you know. And, and uh, so I, um, I did some stints there and then um, came back uh, to England. And then um, I, at that time I was dive mastering and, and, uh, and I came back and I thought, look, I wanted to do my instructor program. And then um, so there's nowhere in England uh, that we're doing the instructor course that soon. And I looked on, on the um, uh, on the on the itinerary for for instructor training programs, and there was a course in Cyprus. So I ended up uh, going to uh, going to Cyprus in a place called Paphos, and I did my instructor course there. And and uh, I was rooming up with a, a guy called Walter Polder. He's a, a, a Dutch boy, and, and he owned a dive store uh, in a place called Lachi, which is about thirty five kilometres uh, north of Paphos. And um, Walter's a, a hugely experienced diver, but because of his the language barrier, he ended up dipping his instructor course, and and um, he was by far the most experienced diver amongst us, and and so he needed an instructor. So he said, um, "Do you want to come and work for me?" And I thought, "Oh," so I get on the phone to my missus, and I said, "Hey, Kim, uh, I'm staying in, uh, in, in in Cyprus a little bit longer. Just uh, pack up what you got there and come over, you know." And uh, so uh, we ended up spending some time in in in, in Lachi, which is um, a, a beautiful part of the world, you know. And and um, yeah, then just started. Um, you know, after that we uh, went down to my uh, my brother's wedding in uh, Zimbabwe, and. Um, we got some work done in South Africa, off the east coast of South Africa, and that is just some white-knuckle diving down there, man. I tell you, um, I don't know whether you've ever spoken to people that have been diving along the east coast. Um, so uh, I was diving in a place called Sidwana Bay, uh, which is, mm-hmm. if you look on the chart, it's it's about 50 kilometers south of Mozambican border. And, and that place, like I said, is just white-knuckle diving all the way. And... Uh, we're getting buzzed by tiger sharks um, two or three times a week, and and uh, that's where um, that's where they, they found the coelacanths um, in about 100, 120 meters um, around that area. So um, I, I haven't dived in. I'd, I'd love to go back there and, and, and dive that, but uh, yeah, just spent some time there, and then went over to Aussie and and uh, some of the probably some uh, to, to go and spend some time on the Great Barrier Reef. Probably some of the most disappointing diving I've ever done, to be honest. Uh, we, we turned up to Cairns and I was all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, and we we uh, we turn up and, and I said, like, you know, you get settled in and, and organised with a, um, a week's diving with a, a, a charter company and we get up to the Barrier Reef and we dive. Um, there's about three moorings where they would, they would um, dive on and... Man, I've, I've I've had better lake dives than, than I had in these areas, and, and I was absolutely gutted, bitterly disappointed. I thought, wow. man, this is the Great Barrier Reef, man. This is the creme de la creme of of, of global diving, and and um and as it happens, much years later, um you know, I, I've got friends that own a, a charter company uh, out of Cairns, which were going f- further afield, like to Cod Hole, and 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 um. Uh, and all the way up north, and and apparently that is where 
where the money is, you know. So I'll have to go back and uh, and uh, reaffirm my um, my feelings for for the Barrier Reef. But um, yeah, and then and then uh, Kim she just like looks at me and she goes, uh, "Do you want to uh, do you want to go to New Zealand?" And I said. What's I've got no idea what the diving's like in New Zealand. She goes, well, you can spend a couple of months there. If you don't like it, you could come back. And and that was uh, September 1994. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, man, I tell you what, this place, um, like for me personally, some of the some of the best dollar for dollar um, uh, value diving on the planet. We got like sort of like temperate. Uh, subtropical diving and, and um, we got some pretty neat stuff here so so I just you know l- long story short is um, I um, we turned up to Auckland and, and um, we found a a um, somewhere to live and I looked in the in the at that time the yellow pages which is uh, like a big book <laughs> full of, of advertising you know I, I guess we all had those kind of books in the past and that just shows my age and uh, and I uh, looked at the local dive store around the corner. So, so I uh, I walked around the corner and and, um, and as I walked into the dive shop, another guy was walking out and, and he sort of like our eyes met and he goes, "Ah, g'day, mate, how's it going?" And 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 so he 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 was walking out and when I was walking in and I walked up the front desk and I said, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm I am who I am and uh, you know, I'm a diving instructor. Have you got any work going for me?" And 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 the guy there said, "Well, as it happens, that was my training manager just walked up the door. It was his last day. And <laughs> and when can you start?" <laughs> so so I went, ah. so and ah, well, tomorrow. How does tomorrow morning at uh, nine sound? He goes three and uh, and I've kind of. Um, been in the diving industry in New Zealand uh, ever since, you know, and, and uh, um, pretty cool. Yeah, I think opportunity just seems to present itself to you. I it mean, just you seem to just lap, walk into these like perfect situations. But I know, so you moved to New Zealand in '94, and I know you, you weren't were the even first born in Wales. Wait, no, I wasn't alive. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't want to make you feel bad. You're young, but, well, you that's know. awesome. I am old, you're young. <laughs> but I do know that you uh, you were the first to fill nitrox tanks in New Zealand in the mid-90s. So that seems like it would make for a steep learning curve to develop technical diving there. Oh, man, yeah. It was it, it was super fun. You know, like New Zealand is a totally immature market and... Uh, no one even knew what a din fitting was here, you know. And uh, so um, I'm sitting here scratching my head and, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, you know, like, um, how can I, you know, like, no one no one knows anything about nitrox or, or there was no, you know, no systems and operations in place. And so I went to a, a local engineering company and I... Um, I, uh, I had purchased the the Oxy Hackers Handbook Guide to not blowing yourself up uh, with uh, making uh, nitrox blending panels and all the rest of it. And and, um, and I showed the guy the book and I said, "Can you make me up a panel?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. How hard can it be? You know." So so he made me up this blending panel and and um, we started you know we 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 started mixing nitrox and and. Um, and um, you know, just from from there onwards, it, it kind of you know, I was a I was a wolf pack of one, and um, and then I, I you know we started you know, and then I had to go and, and do all of my sort of like technical training um, over in Aussie in Australia. Sorry, that, that slang where people probably don't you know I have to 
curb my slang. And um, so, so I had to go over to Australia and I, I managed to talk um, a, a, a poor customer into joining me. And, and um, so we went over there and I did, did some technical training and that's when I learned to dive on rebreathers. And, and, um, <clears throat> and that was, uh, oh my goodness, 90, 95, 96. Um, wow. And... Um, yeah, and, and it, we just it just started growing from there, and, and one fill turned into five fills, turned into a hundred fills, turned you know in, in, into quite a few, and and um, yeah, slowly but surely we just sort of like um, cr- um, tried to change a culture because the diving culture in New Zealand at that at that point was um, people were were mainly hunter gatherer. They would they would learn to dive so they can go and get some crayfish or some scallops. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Right. It's just all part of of of, of how we enjoy um, one of the many pastimes, and and um, and uh, you know, it just it just took um, uh, a little bit of time, effort, and patience where people start realise that there's other there's other interests, and um, you know, we just started um, pursuing those other interests, and then people started seeing what we were doing, and and um, you know, in terms of. In terms of rebreathers, I um, I bought myself um, uh, a Draga, a, a Dolphin, which is a semi-closed circuit unit, and and, uh, and um, I didn't have the money to uh, to uh, to buy um, uh, one of these whiz bang uh, U-butte uh, top of the range sort of like partial pressure controlled electronic rebreathers. So um, again, I, I uh, re- um, re- reverted back to the interweb and um, I became a member of the ARG group, the Australian Amateur Rebreather Group. And <laughs> um, and I basically um, just basically tore my Draga to pieces and, and made my own um, closed circuit, fully manual closed circuit rebreather, which I um, amply called the uh, the Widowmaker. <laughs> oh, my missus hates that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, here, though, so. so, so we like, yeah, man. I did about about five hundred hours on on that Widowmaker. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I'll tell you. Um, you know, when I when I look over the the specs and 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 how I made it and all the rest of it, it was. Um, uh, it probably isn't exactly uh, in the in the in the workbook of of, of uh, proper operation of uh, of uh, advanced diving equipment, but but um, yeah. So I was I was wondering, what would you say to your younger self now? I'd say, what the hell are you thinking, man? Like, what are you what are you doing? You know, <laughs> there's only so much luck, you know, that you can uh, possess, and and uh, and I th- I must have just like. Um, you know, I, I fully believe that um, everybody in the world has got a certain amount of luck. And if you want to waste that luck by buying uh, raffle tickets or anything like that, you know, um, I I never buy any raffle tickets, you know, because I believe that if, if you use up all of your luck and then you walk out the door one day and a piano falls on your head and, and you die and people say, man, you must be the unluckiest person in the world because what is the likelihood of a piano falling on your head? So, so I just make sure that my wife, make, you know, buys all the uh, the raffle tickets and, and all the the lotto tickets and all the rest of it. You know, um, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, um, so, um, so I, um, I, I saw the writing on the wall um, uh, quite early on, and, and saw that there was an opportunity for the future of rebreathers was was there, and and. Uh, and oh, I, I can't even remember how long ago that would would have been maybe. 
2000, around about that time. So, so I, um, you know, I, I, um, I, I thought, oh my goodness, you know, like before I have kids, so if I had kids, it would be easy because they only need one kidney, right? So, so I, um, <laughs> you know, that, like, that would have been an easy, an easy sell because you know, like the, 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 the wounds would heal and, and, and I could, I could buy a rebreather, but uh, I just uh, saved up and, and um, bought a, um, an inspiration and um, yeah, look, never looked back since, you know. It seems like in New Zealand, you guys had like a extraordinary development in technical diving. So I guess what words of wisdom would you have for others uh, looking to eke out their own technical diving realms where it remains underdeveloped? Oh man, that's a great question, April. Um, uh, I would, I would just say, be you know, just, just do what you do, and 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 um, there's no substitute for training and experience. And um, I think too many people are too eager to um, to acclaim notoriety. People want everyone to know who they are, and they don't want to do the yards. So. All I'm saying, I'm, okay, I know in, in Canada and in New Zealand, we're metric, right? But you know the saying, <laughs> doing the yards, right? So you've got to do the meters. You've got you to, you just got to do the time. And, and, um, and um, you know, there's no substitute for experience. And, and just get out there, do what you love to do. Don't worry about what other people are, you know, are, are thinking about. Just focus on, on whether it's, um, whatever type of diving that you like to do, just focus on that, and and, and um, you know all the all the the positivity, and surround yourself with positive people. If you surround yourself with negative people, um, then there's only one outcome for that, isn't it? So so um, mm. you know part or a, a large amount of of some of the successes that I've had in my business and in my life. I've been surrounding myself with people way better than I'll ever be and more experienced and more wise um, and just to feed off those type of people um, is, in my opinion, um, probably one of the things that we should be looking at the most is just to, just to, just to shut up, listen and learn and then, um, and then just take it step by step, you know. How's that for uh, 8 o'clock at night? <laughs> Seems like a good life skill as well as a dive skill. Right? It is good advice. Good life advice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess it also meant for you that you, you were probably able to pioneer a, a lot of new wrecks in New Zealand. Um, I, some I've seen listed on your website include the Port Kembla, the HMS Puriri, and the RMS Niagara. Um, what, what do those achievements mean to you? I mean, you just talk about you know, putting in the meters, but, you know, you got, you got some unique, unique experiences out of it too. Well, the thing is, is that, um, so it, I guess it's all, it's all where we came from. And, um, so, so where, where I cut my teeth, um, was in, in England and in England, uh, the, the, pretty much the only thing to do at that time was, was, uh, wreck diving and there's tens of thousands of wrecks off the English coast and um, I've seen a number of world wars and um, so that was the major pastime of what divers did and and um, that is where my uh, in inverted commas lust for rust was created where being surrounded like we would never like we would meet every thir- Thursday night before the weekend 
and um, we had some of the boys in the dive club, and 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 no one ever spoke about uh, what what uh, system are you going to be diving this weekend? Are you going to be going side mount or back mount or forward mount or behind mount or you know like no one talked about anything like that. They just said, look, what wreck are we diving? What's the history behind it? And we all just got all excited and. and uh, when we could, when we could dive it with the tides, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then as that progressed, um, so and, and that's what that's what hooked, hooked me into it. So when I wherever whatever country that I'm in, and, and obviously living in New Zealand now, I started doing some research as to what we've got on our back doorstep, and and mm. um, the, um, the the the. The deep wreck exploration was like um, not so much deep. Like, like everyone just goes, "Oh, deep wrecks and all the rest of it." But, but the 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 undived, um, unknown, uncharted uh, wrecks, and 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 um, we've got a lot in this country, and and just finding like the story of 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 uh, RMS Niagara uh, is like man, we could talk until. Tuesday next week about Niagara, and she was t- she was she was holding a twelve ton of gold bullion and uh, sunk at one hundred and twenty five meters of water uh, from uh, German mines, which were laid by German Black Raiders um, during the, the the Second World War. Wow! And um, and probably the most amazing um, thing on top of that was um, this Australian crowd um, led by a salvager called John O'Johnson, and he. And he basically, um, he salvaged over 98% of the gold um, in, you know, and, and if that was attempted these days, it would have cost hundreds of millions of dollars to to get a SAT team down there. And basically, he just got lowered down in a bell um, and uh, with, a, with a phone back towards the surface and said, okay, go forward one, three, sideways one. <laughs> and then and then basically they laid charges over the gold bullion room and um, pulled the, the bell out, ex- exploded. It's, it's a, I, I'm oversimplifying ama- an amazing story. But but um, so so um, that was one of the, 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 the biggest um, wrecks for me um, and, and the pinnacle. It was, it was, it was the Mount Everest of, of wreck dives in New Zealand. And, and um, uh, in uh, in 2000, uh, we dived it for the first time, and, and there were there were three um, there were three three of us that that, that, that dived the wreck. There's a, a guy called Tim Cashman, uh, who's a Welsh boy, uh, uh, and uh, Dave Appley, who was a, a an Australian, and uh, and myself, and and um, and we set set the trip out for for a. Um, an expedition to, to dive Niagara and um, it was set there for two weeks and, and uh, the weather the weather window was just uh, absolutely atrocious and, and um, I had to come back for work and, and uh, Tim and and, uh, and Apps um, stayed there for a couple of extra days and, and they found a weather window and, and they managed to dive the wreck first which of course I was I was super happy that they dived it, and but I was super upset that they they missed me, you know. <laughs> but but I was I was up on the next dive, and but but just just an amazing environment, and and also this type of this type of diving 
Um, I think a lot of people get, get it missed in interpretation. You know, they go, oh, deep wreck exploration. Um, <clears throat> but it's more about um, a group of individuals who are highly skilled, who know what they're doing, well, some of the time, but, but a highly group of uh, skilled individuals, and we just all share a common passion. And um, it's not just the end result of diving the wreck. It's... You know what I mean? It's it's the whole process of of learning about it, and you know, um, you know, uh, the, the one of the build up dives that we did was the um, HMNZS Pereri, which is a minesweeper, a, a, a New Zealand minesweeper that um, hit a mine, which was moored up by a, um, a recreational boat, and they kind of hit it, and they the, the five people died, and it sank, and and um, oh. I met the only living survivor um, on the of the cruise. Um, <clears throat> before he died uh, um, a, um, uh, five years ago, and uh, and you know what I mean. It's just putting these people and faces and hu- humanity um, to this because with, without that, these are just like piles of hulk, and there's just like it's just rusty, you know, bits of yeah. metal on the bottom. So if we create and and we we bring the humanization, I don't even know if that's a word, but if we bring the human part to all of these structures and the history, everything is equally as important, if not more important, than um, diving physically diving the the um, the wreck. You know, so so that's that's super fun, also. You know, and, and that's all part of the process, isn't it? It's a be- beautiful way to put it. But speaking of of the Niagara, you um you wrote in close calls that you had sort of. A, a bit of an eventful dive there eventually, uh, if I may put it that way, with, with an excruciating three hours of deco, which would turn out to be in air DCI. Um, other than always diving with a bailout valve, what, what did you learn from that experience? Well, I um, it's, it's funny, and, and again, this is, <clears throat> this is all about the people that you surround yourselves with, and um, and you know, my longtime friend um, and dive buddy is um, is Professor Simon Mitchell, and in the diving world, Simon is he's a god. This guy is he's not only one of the world's leading hyperbaric physicians, um, he's a world class diver and technical diver, and he's a good guy to have on trips, you know, because he's he's super fun and. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, and and he was my buddy on this on this dive, and um, and I remember, um, so, you know, after the event, and and believe me, you you never know how what you're made of until, <laughs> until you know like until some of these occurrences happen, and and like you know, life altering uh, situations, you kind of like you, you know you you can't. You can plan for it as much as you want, but until until it actually happens, you kind of really, you know, at the at the grace of of somebody, you know, and 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 um, so um, it, when I hit eighteen meters, I basically um, had this extreme vertigo. So uh, we we did a hundred and twenty five meter dive, and we did like a thirty minute bottom time. So that's about a four and a half hour. Um, Four and a half hour dive, um, a little bit more, around about then. But um, so once I got to eighteen meters, I felt oh, and we're coming up after the dive, and, and and I started my head started spinning, and I and I went to some hey man, uh, uh, it's not that that flash, you know, just keep an eye on me. Anyway, like, okay. Anyway, some three and a half hours later, and just 
uh, uh, please excuse the profanities, but I was vomiting like for, you know, out of my bailout valve for three and a half hours, calling in all the whales from, you know, from from miles around, you know, and and um, and and it was, you know. Um, and I finished all of my decompression, you know, and and because um, for me at that point it wasn't even an option, and and um, so talking um, after I was uh, treated and all the rest of it to Simon, and we were sitting down there over having a having a little cheeky red, uh, little a nice Shiraz, and and, um, and and I was talking to him about it. He goes, mate, he says, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at my computer, saying. If he goes, then I've got to go, and we've got like three and a half hours of deco, and um, and and he didn't even, you know what I mean? A lot, and and mm. and for me, it's, you know, he just says, "Oh, thank God you didn't move, Messi," because because uh, <laughs> we would have both been in the cack if uh, if um, if we'd surfaced with uh, three and a half hours of deco to go. You know, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. You know, but um, but it's it's. Um, you know, it's the people that that's again surrounding. He goes, look, you know, I got one of the world's leading hyperbaric physicians this far away from me. And he goes, well, like I was powerless. What I could just do there and say, mate, you know, you know, like another minute goes by, and and um, you know, we, when we finish the dive, and, and uh, we um, help me out and all the rest of it. But uh, yeah, man, that's that was that was a that was an interesting day. That was. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that that was in the book. Yeah, yeah. I read the book uh, last year, and then when when we got you on, I was like, I remember that name, and I, I went back and reread that, and and um, yeah, I, I I can't imagine that experience. But also, talk about having the right dive buddy, right? Yeah, yeah. Again, you just just surround yourselves with people way better than you, you know. And and um, I just. You know, like it, it, it's, I, I really, um, and, 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 you know, it's a bit of a morbid sort of like uh, topic of conversation, but, um, it, you know, it's when, when, when things don't go so well, um, then, you know, what I mean, you've got people that you can rely on and, and um, to be also known to be relied upon, um, it just makes for a fantastic team environment where people, um, you know, like that's that's how that's how growth um, occurs, and, and and people coming up to the ranks, and and they learning your skills, and and you know, um, and everyone just gets on. You know, it's just brilliant. I love it. You know. So we talked a little bit earlier about you learning to dive and kind of the recreational diving, and we've also been talking about your technical diving. But what? drew you to that transition to go from being a recreational diver to a technical diver the uh, i guess the transition was it was never really a i want to be a technical diver tomorrow because we're like back we're going back to england now and so when i was when i was doing um i finished my advanced upper water course, which I'd basically done nine or ten dives, and we're doing forty-five meter decompression dives. Not because, um, uh, you know, I want to be cool, but those were just the, just the wrecks that the dive boat were going to, and we would sort of, you know, so so we we never coined it um, technical diving until quite later on because like traditionally um, what we would do is is we would have a um, 
a large capacity steel cylinder as our main gas, and we would have a, like a smaller capacity um, bailout, or not a bailout, or just like a, a, a pony bottle. So, so we'd have a, like a 15 litre um, primary tank and a three litre pony bottle. And and of course, our bottom times were, my goodness, you know, like eight or ten minutes, you know, like it's. it's um, but I, I'm not. Uh, you know, saying that that's that's that, that, that's not a big dive. It, it, it is a big dive, but but again, um, that's and then we, we just started, you know, diving more and more and more, and then thinking, oh my goodness, okay, well we want to spend some more time on the wreck because um, it takes quite a long time to get out to the sites, and if we're going to do a eight or ten minute bottom time, uh, we kind of missed the the the, uh, the tidal range, and then we kind of we came back, and then we would do the, the second dive that we would do is always be like a uh, like a, 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 a drift dive or a bottle collecting dive or just some some arbitrary um, sort of like um, consolation prize, not not the main prize, <laughs> and so we just that's when we started you know getting twins and and but. <coughs> Again, that was back in times where there was no manifold of twins. It was just like you strap two tanks together and you, you breathe one rig until there's got no more gas in it and you breathe the other rig and then off you go, man. You know, you, you, you got loads of gas. So, so um, and then, of course, um, the more things got in, in, in place, all the rest of them. Um, uh, in, in fact, um, I think I was having a quick look um, doing my research on you guys. And um, and I saw that Lamar, um, you interviewed Lamar um, some while back. Now what? Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. is an interesting guy, man. He's 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 good people, man. He is good people, and and um, and again, like they just did all of that sort of stuff out of necessity, you know. And and mm-hmm. so um, I guess we all did that out of necessity, and and we have we have these days we've got the 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 luxury of um, you know people want to say hey man I want to I want to get into technical diving I want to do, get into advanced diving etc etc and then there's there's lots of options and lots of opportunities so um, you know that's it's nice it's nice to have that you know have have that uh, that variance of of different teaching styles and and, and uh, all the rest of it hopefully there's not too many egos around. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This is a podcast because you can't see my face, can you? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> so early on, you said you wanted to be an instructor. Like right away, you kind of had that uh, idea. But is there something that draws you to teaching diving to others? The I've always, you know, I, that's a great question. Again, I, um, I guess, again, back where it all began, I thought that I want to make a career out of this, you see. And again, the first knee-jerk reaction was how can how can I make that career happen? And and but of you know, getting into teaching, once like you can only really gauge whether you are an educator or not until you actually start teaching people. Um, you can do all the training courses and all the rest of it, but until you actually um, sit down and you and you help somebody, you can either say, "Oh my God, this was just a nightmare. This guy's just having so many problems. Why can't they take their mask off and breathe underwater and put their mask on without any problems?" Whereas you people say, "Hey man, people have got some some difficulties. Let's help you get through that," you know. 
and then you you get through that. Oh, that was pretty good. Let's try uh, let's try that again. And then so I found that I I I really enjoyed the process um, of helping people. And then because it's like with everything, everyone starts off with dive number one. Everyone's inexperienced, and then dive number two, you're a hundred percent more experienced than dive number one was. Dive number four, you're a hundred percent experienced, more experienced than dive number two, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then and then. Um, we create an environment where we nurture people who are new to diving and then we nurture them up and then we build them up and then suddenly they're building up their experience, they're building up their training and then what we do is this builds an awesome community and then the new guys that come in, the the guys who are experienced will help them out and nurture them and then that cycle is expanded and before you know it, over the years, all these people that were new divers are now reaching a level of which everyone's kind of um, uh, coming to a, 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 a mutual level of experience and then everyone can enjoy uh, diving together. And, and so so that process I really enjoyed. And, and um, I became a course director in, in 2000. And... Um, and that obviously was the next step: is teaching other people to help teach other divers to you know to dive. And and um, uh, it was an extremely important um, and and precious uh, uh, thing that I that 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 I, that I liked and I wanted is to be able to help other people, helping other people. You know, and and because we, it doesn't matter like diving, abseiling, skydiving, mountain biking, kayaking. Who cares? It doesn't matter. But it's it's creating that 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 culture of of people that like to be drawn together for a common cause. And and then like now, and this is why you know why I have, I have the most fun on my on my trips because um, for me. Uh, the diving is kind of a it's 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 a it's it's a it's an, a bonus because I'm meeting some some of the most amazing people that I would normally never mix with you know and um, and you know having a having a glass of wine around um, a fire in some island in the middle of the Marshall Islands um, talking with people that are just the most interesting characters on the planet. And um, you know, I just I love that. I live for that. And uh, and um, you know, we've, uh, we've 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 been in jail for a couple of years now. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, hopefully, we'll be let out soon. You know, we, we've all been very patient, haven't we? You know, Pete. I think I want to be you when I grow up. Sounds like what, you do. Do you think this Amazing. facial hair would suit you? I mean, it could, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think I could pull it off. Oh, you'd definitely be able to pull it off. I'm joking, joking. You you teach the most advanced types of diving at the top of the sport, and how would you describe your teaching approach and your philosophy? Oh, my goodness. Um, The... I've I've had the opportunity to, uh, and the thing is, like now the cool thing is, is that if you stop learning yourself, then you know what I mean. Like, there's never a day goes by without um, without learning something, and and um, and I I did my um, my wet rock 
my cave diver training with uh, uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, Jill Hyneth, and uh, you may know Jill. She's a I she's know a, Jill. A, a, a Canadian girl, you know, and uh, she's again like you know uh, what a fantastic human being, you know, and and um, and um, I had some of the most fun in my life um, during the course of her and 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 uh, she just said to me, she look, oh, you know, how far do you want to go? And I says, well. Uh, the safe word is mummy, and um, just 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 push me, push me as far as you can, and and I just it was like, I just loved it, and and um, so so like um, having the opportunity to 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 do courses and 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 to be around lots of different instructors and instructor trainers, um, it's a unique um, way of of of. of of creating this toolbox, this mental toolbox where you can pick up um, and take all these little idiosyncrasies that, that um, and teaching styles that people have, and and um, I've I've had the privilege of, of of being around some some pretty amazing educators, and and uh, and uh, I, you know my my teaching toolbox, um, I've learned to be able to say okay, like. It's just all about helping people, you know, and um, some people learn at different speeds, at different levels, at, 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 and different approaches. So um, I've just learned that if you're banging your head against a brick wall, saying the same thing all the time, well, maybe you should say it different um, and approach it differently. So then, um, and then, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we all... We all want to get the most out of out of learning, and, and it's only a five or a seven day program. So, so probably the most important um, training is for people to understand that that they're not going to learn a hundred percent of everything in the seven days, or eight days, or ten days of training. But through our peers, to be able to say, don't be too big a person to say you know what um i don't know how to do that um can you show me how to do that or uh, you learn and again surrounding yourself with the right people to mentor yourselves the right people and then we learn every single time we we, we go out so so like now um with the with the advanced diving um pretty much uh, and and the only reason why I focus on the the advanced diving only is because, um, like, it's the only way I could earn a living. Um, I, like, for me to teach people to dive, uh, people are doing an open water course here for five hundred bucks, and that's forty or fifty hours of work. Like, you know, uh, so so of course. Um, I've created a niche and and, and um, I, I maximise on that so I can afford my forty million dollar a year yacht. And <laughs> I'm joking. I've probably got people that that come on trips with me um, listening to this at some point, thinking, "Yep, yep, yeah, yep, I'm paying far too much for those trips." But um, anyway, my 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 kids have shoes and and they really appreciate it. Thank you, my clients. We'll we'll get to those trips in a moment, but I I, I want to ask you. You know, when you first started out, did you ever imagine you'd you'd end up being a paddy course director, you know, tech CCR instructor trainer, and then all sort of pretty much teaching some of the most difficult diving at, at the top of it? Like, did did you even envision that when you first started out? Um, no, not really. Um, I, I guess at the end of the day, um, it just it, everything just materializes, and and um, to be honest, the reason why I became a tech instructor. 
um, or so that I could teach more people to come diving with me. <laughs> so I was with that wolf pack of one. It was a bit lonely, you know. So, uh, so I'd, 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 you know, um, if I didn't home grow them, then I'd, 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 it would be a very, very lonely world. And and um, and then it just it just grew from there. And and you know, one person turned to two people, turned to three, turned to four, etc., etc. And and um, you know, you don't get this white beard for nothing, you know. And and uh, so uh, uh, you know. So uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we just sort of, you know, just just chip away. And um, but probably some of the, the most gratifying things is actually diving with people that you that that you train. It's like uh, you know, I'm a diver first and foremost. So so people are instructors. Well, okay, well, what do you do? You know, you're teaching someone a certain <laughs> level of skills, and then and then like now. I'm doing that so that you, we can we can do what 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 is important and and get out and and go diving together and and, and that's that's where you know people get excited about say hey man we, we uh, you know I've, I've, some of the most enjoyable things that I've done is is do these these big dives with guys that I I taught to dive you see so um, wow. and these guys are like you know. They hold their own, and, and and they're fantastic, you know. And and it's and it's and it's part of the fun, isn't it? How are we doing for time? Oh my goodness, you see. Give an instructor, <laughs> give an instructor a microphone, and they just talk about themselves all the time. I'll tell you, just. <laughs> it's a good thing a med isn't here. We'd be we'd be here uh, till till tomorrow, I think. <laughs> You're too kind, April. <laughs> When I come to New Zealand and you invite me on your $40 million yacht, uh, what, what can I expect from the diving there? What is diving in New Zealand like? Oh, my goodness. Well, first and foremost is, um, so, so you know we're New Zealanders, right? Yes. Um, so, so we're kind of at the bottom right-hand corner of everywhere in the world. Like we're, we're, <laughs> we're like this little puddle you know this little little land landmass in in the in the in the middle of nowhere right but what we've got is we've got some real interesting currents that come up you know we've got we've got the sort of like the um um uh, the 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 east australian current which 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 comes down from the eastern side of australia and that brushes over the top of new zealand and we've got the cool currents of the pacific and um and what that does is it creates a convergence of some pretty amazing stuff, and and um, you know people people call this uh, subtropical. It's not subtropical, but it is temperate diving, and so um, you know we we dive so at the moment. Okay, so we're February now, right? So so it's the middle of our summer, and in the North Island. Um, then our water temperatures run about 20 to 21 degrees. So it's not cold. In the winter, it'll get as cold as maybe 14, 15 or 14 degrees. In the South Island, it's a little bit different. So uh, like bottom of, bottom of the South Island, uh, Stewart Island and all the rest around there, you're maybe eight or nine degrees. So, uh, and then in the summer, maybe 12 to 14 degrees. But, but what we've got is we've got Probably, probably some of the most diverse, multi, um, you know, diversity that we've got um, that we're anywhere in the world. You know, so like for example, um, we've got the, the infamous Poor Nights Islands, and um, the nights are just incredible. So, so we got we got this um, 
uh, one meter high kelp uh, echelonia, like the brown um, trees in the water. You know, you know what kelp is, right? So, um, so you see, this, this is where my my um, marine <laughs> biology degree would have come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so brown one meter high trees that kelp. <laughs> so so we got that up until about forty meters. So from the surface of about forty meters, we've got these kelp for us, and below that, uh, the kelp doesn't grow anymore. But what we've got is just the most color that you could ever imagine um, on on reef systems and rock systems and all the rest of it. And 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 I, I really rate our diving as some of the best in the world. And and and. Um, you know, I've got some some good mates who've come over to New Zealand. Um, you know, like you know Trish Stovall, uh, Trisha. She's uh, she's been over, and and uh, Becky Kagan Shard. She's come over, and and they just they're, they're coming back. Trisha's coming back next year. You know, and and uh, and we got some we got some pretty intense stuff. And and again, because that warm current comes down. We got we, we get manta rays. There got quite a few mantas um, up in uh, um, up in the north at the moment, and heaps of whales. And you know, um, I've done heaps of filming of orca killer whale shoots and 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 um, uh, false killer whales. And we got, we just got everything. And um, and then with that, you go to the South Island. So if you look at the South Island, the bottom right hand corner is a place called Fiordland. Um, and Fiordlanders is their average rainfall is eight meters a year. That's the average rainfall. Wow. So, so um, a fjord. Everyone knows what a fjord is, right? And so you're going in these areas, and the top five meters is tannic. So it's brown huh. tannic waters, and this is fresh a fresh layer of water. So you you, you punch through that, and um, and then you come into this crystal crystal clear. Um, green, like emerald green water. And this is where we have eight to ten uh, foot or two or three meter black coral trees which sit in ten or twelve meters of water. And um, the biodiversity there is just incredible. You know, sea spiders, um, uh, uh, sea fans, um, you know, uh, brittle stars, crinoids, there's just everything there, and it's and that's and again, it's just such such a, a, a difference between the North Island and the South Island, and, and so I'm, I'm 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 pretty lucky to again, pretty lucky to to live in a in 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 a place like this, you know. I was just uh, as you were describing all that, I was looking in the map in New Zealand, and every time I look at the map, it's like yeah, it's got to be. It always creeps up to the top of the bucket list. Oh, man. Uh, and, and most people don't know that like, we've got some of the best um, populations of great white shark on the planet. We had BBC here filming for a couple of months, and the, the great whites just lived on the, in, in Stewart Island. And um, that's some of the best um, uh, great white um, um, footage um, on their um, on their series, uh, and that was all filmed in the South Island. But, but they, they're super chilled. These great whites, the Kiwis, they they don't like eating people. They just you know they're just super chill and relaxed. You know, so like the Canadians, you like you know, Kiwis are very similar to the Canadians. You know, they're pretty pretty relaxed well, people. We, we got we got some Canadian sharks. We, we're still trying to figure out if they're chill. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of New Zealand, um, on your website it says you were involved with a variable weight dive in New Zealand back in in. 2000 with the world champion freediver Tanya Streeter. Um, I imagine that must have been 
quite an experience as a as a technical diver, and and also the sport was was still fairly new. What what was your role in that story? Man, look, there, there there's a couple of people on a planet which I just uh, have just the most um, uh, immense amount of respect for, and you guys know Tanya, right? She is this beautiful, sleek. Uh, woman and uh, probably the toughest person that I've ever met in my life. It's just incredible. This girl is like tough as nails. And um, so we filmed this um, this d- documentary series and man, I just sent a mate of mine. It's called X-Force, The Science of Diving. And I just sent a mate of mine the documentary and, and it's just it's just wall to wall comedy, um, and 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 I'll, I'll send you the link if you're interested. It's yeah, sure. it's super funny, and um, so this is back in 2000, right? And this is where I was still diving the Widowmaker, and uh, we dived the Niagara, um, and and all the rest. So so so, so the basis around the story was um, so that they're looking at the, all the different forces of science, and and we're looking at um, a woman will hold her breath and go to the same depth as we would and we're carrying all this this stuff on us, you know, like this hundred odd kilograms of just just kit, right? Just gear everywhere. As far as the eye can see, there's just gear strapped onto you. And they're basically trying to um, and, and explain during during the during this the, the show uh, what's going on with Tanya physiologically, um, physically and, and, and emotionally and all the rest of it and and the same thing for us when we when we're doing um, our our dives and, and um, so um, we were part of the um, at that time the um, deep support for free divers and and at that time the um, the idea was that you would have divers staged at different depths. Um, so mm-hmm. if something happened to the free diver, then the divers would be able to pull the free diver up to the different levels of depths and um, and then hand that person over. So obviously, you guys are probably way more um, uh, uh, an understanding of free diving techniques than I, I am. But um, like nowadays, the, none of that happens. The, it's my daughter giving me trouble. And... Um, <laughs> And, and she just banged on the window, um, and um, so so I had um, so not, obviously now they've got the the, the, the the tethered right, and then there's this weighted. Um, it's a counterbalance system. Uh, okay, so you probably explain this way better than I can. But so but at that point, so so there's there was um, uh, Tim, uh, there was Dave Apps, Dave Appley, and myself um, uh, as as the deep diving support, and our role was. Um, when so when look, we were at three different depths like um, uh, 30 60 and 90 meters right and um, and then when Tanya would go past like the bat out of hell with this this the, the sled just going into the the, the, the blue abyss um, we would we would tap and let her know uh, at what stage that she was at and then on the reversing when she was coming back up, we would ding, 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 and we would make a noise. So she would now get a better gauge um, so she knew at what point that they were at. And and um, and the reason why I said that this girl is as hard as nails is because the diving conditions um, in in New Zealand weren't the best, you know. And, and um, the place that we'd set up the, the sled 
uh, it, it wasn't calm at all. It was a bit a, a bit rough and and um, and what happened is the boat came off, um, uh, uh, swung around, and the the sled had actually um, it, ca- it came onto a reef. And what had happened there was um, so Tiny was doing her her, her breath build up. And, and while she was doing her, her build-up, you could probably say the proper terminology, she was packing or she was, I don't know what she's doing, but she was doing a brick build-up. Um, the sled came up and it smashed her in the eyeball and it just like opened her up uh, uh, just above the eye here like this and she got this big, big uh, shiner. And we were going, uh, obviously we were on the dive, we were waiting there, you know. And um, so she... Um, so we went, oh my goodness, um, are you okay? She goes, ah, oh, look, and, and then she, she just, like three seconds later, she just took a breath and she went, Pow! and then she went down. And, and when she went down, so, so, so we, um, we were doing, this was the build-up dive, and, and um, so we were just like, just at like 60 meters or 70 meters. And so we get to the 70 meters, and, um, and what had happened was, so, uh, um, you know, with the, with the what's it called? Variable ballast, is it? Is, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it had a bunch of different names. I think today it would be called variable weight. But okay, so yeah. so it's a sled which is cut in two. So then the the bottom half is a weight, and then the top half you you, you separate, and then you fill it with the um, a, a lift bag, and then you come like rocketing back to the surface. And um, so when she got to the bottom, Tanya went to go and pull the cord, right, and it was like a sail halyard. And she pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled, um, but it, nothing separated because she was <laughs> pulling the wrong way. And and um, so um, so she and then uh, we saw all the video footage, right? So unbeknown to us, we didn't know what's going on. So I think it was Tim. I think it was Tim on the bottom. So Tim went over to try and help her anyway. So she is at seventy meters, and she's and she was giving this thing a good tug for maybe ten seconds, ten or fifteen seconds, and then she went ah, and then she just swam back to the surface. <laughs> <laughs> she just swam to the surface, and uh, yeah, that's why that girl. I tell you, my man, she's 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 like a rock solid. Wow, man. that's that's crazy. And, and I've just, never like, heard just, that story. Yeah, man, that was. That wasn't even an aberial. That was that was never. Right. Just don't tell a soul, right? Because I'll probably get into trouble for uh, <laughs> for, uh, for telling the story. Well, we'll just tell the podcast audience. But yeah, yeah just don't tell, tell a soul, everyone. It's our awesome. it's our little secret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. podcast listener secret. So we're we're going to take a short break here, a short surface interval, and we'll be back with more from Pete Mesley in a moment. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. Reviews are one of the best ways to help others find the podcast. Okay, everybody, it's Justin cutting in here from the Edit Bay. Uh, This interview ran a little long. Pete was super awesome to talk to, and he sat down for almost two whole hours with April and Nick. So we're not actually going to come back from break and continue the episode. We're going to wrap up the show for now. Uh, next week on the podcast, we're going to have our special 100th episode, uh, movie episode with uh, the Life Aquatic. So definitely check that out. And then the week after, we'll come back and we'll wrap up with episode number 101 and the second half of Pete Mesley's interview. All right. So that's it from Justin here in the Edit Bay. We'll see you next week and in two weeks to wrap up this episode. 
This episode of Dive In The Podcast is brought to you by Torpedo Rays Scuba. You can find them online at torpedorays.com. They've been teaching Canada how to dive for 25 years and are a proud sponsor of this podcast. If you're in Atlantic Canada and want to take a course or see the shop, stop in and see us in Dartmouth and check out the huge selection of scuba, apnea, surf gear, and much more. Dive tours are available for locals and visitors to experience all that our ocean playground has to offer. TorpedoRays.com has a vast selection of dive gear at unbeatable prices with free shipping available in Canada and quick shipping throughout North America. So visit TorpedoRays.com or stop in the shop and you might even see one of us there. That does it for today's episode. I want to thank Pete for joining us and it's been a pleasure. I also want to thank April for joining us tonight. Yeah, you're welcome, Nick. It was, uh, I think it was our first duo show, just the two of us. So yeah, it was fun. Are you are you for real? 99 episodes in, you and I haven't done one together solo? I don't think we've ever done one, just the two of us. I think I've only done one with just Justin. I think this is, uh, this is our first. first time. Yeah. Here you go. You never forget uh, well, your first, Nick. That's right. That's right. That seems to be a theme on this episode. <laughs> it's a theme this episode. Yeah. I want to I wanna thank Justin for uh, doing the editing on, as he does every mm. week. Even though if he's not present in the episode, he always has a part to play in every single episode of the show. Um, that oh, That's sometimes easy to forget. Uh, and yes. then I want to thank Amit for setting up the interview. I mean, this was his whole idea. And I hate to say it again. I'm sorry you missed it, Amit. But you're going to love this episode. We'll send tissues your way for when you listen. Cry because you couldn't make it. But it does sound like Pete's good sport and he'd be happy to chat with him at any time. So admit if you made it this far into the episode, that's your your secret. It's true. Don't forget you can support this podcast at patreon.com slash dive in pod and you can get some fun rewards for doing so. Visit our website diveinpod.com for all the links you need, episodes, merch and so much more. You can find me at nicholaswinkler.com. And on social media, you can find me at April Weikert and Justin at IDiveOK. Next week is our 100th episode and we have our team movie night. Yeah, it's going to be a special episode, so tune in for that. This episode of Dive in the Podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, Torpedo Ray Scuba. Thank you for listening to Dive in the Podcast.